Shabbat Shalom. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, I'm going to commence with the Sabbath day reading today. And so for today, um, where I was aiming to search for Paul was, um, if you're watching live, <laughs> where I was aiming to find Paul was that uh, on the Sabbath day, it said they read from the law and the prophets. So I'm doing a live reading um, from the law, um, one from the law and one from the prophets. So I'm going to read from the law. And if you are not sure, um, I found this today. So the uh, in the Bible, the books of the law are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, and that you have the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and you have the minor prophets, Hosea, Joel, um, stuff like that, right? And so there are there is the law and there is the prophets. These are the parts of the Bible. Um, and so I'm getting and understanding more of this now. So on the Sabbath day, they read from the law and they read from the prophets. Um, today is the Sabbath day. I'm going to be reading from the law and reading from the prophets. Um, however, I'm not going to be reading from, I'm going to read Genesis 1 and I'm going to read uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is 1 Samuel 15. So it's 1 Samuel 15. While uh, Samuel is not necessarily considered in the major and minor prophets, as the charts say, Samuel was actually a prophet. And so I'm going to be reading from 1 Samuel because it is powerful. And I already had it in my notes in regards to the exhortation. All right. And so I will get right into it. I will not waste any time. Bless the Lord. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and commence with the Sabbath reading. I'm going to read Genesis 1. And I do have a King James Version Bible, but I don't do the these and the thou's. I pretty much just substitute the word. So if you have a King James Bible, you can read long, along with me, but know that I will not be you know, the yees and yays, I will be saying you and it and the. <laughs> okay, but all praises to the Lord. Thanks to, you know, our, you know, the people that put the Bible together. Okay, so bless them. All right. All right. And so I'm going to start from Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And I believe that the firmament is the sky. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. Um, but he divided it, the firmament from the firmament. So you have the waters, then you have the top layer of the sky, right? And God called the firmament heaven, so it is, all right? God called the firmament heaven, 
and the evening and the morning were the second day. The evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and he got and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit yielding and the fruit tree yielding fruit. After this kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God said, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales in every living creature that moves, with which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, multiply. fill the waters in the sea, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and every be and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the fat and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over every fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. 
And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth. And every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. And every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth where there is life. I have given every green herb for me. And it was so. And God saw everything he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. All right. Bless the Lord for the reading of Genesis um, chapter one. I would go into the actual Sabbath day where God sanctified it and he made it and he rested. But I'll just read that one for now. Um, I'll just read that one for now. So praise God for that. Okay. Praise God for that reading. Um, and so there is a reason that I am reading, um, Samuel as the prophet in today's reading, because, um, I have a word from the Lord in regards to hearing the Lord and being in a position, intentionally putting ourselves in a position to hear the Lord. So I'm going to read first Samuel 15 for the prophets for today. And I'm going to get into that word and that exhortation. All right. And so let me get into Samuel. Thank Samuel. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So I'll give a, a bit of background since I'm starting at Samuel 15, um, 1 Samuel 15. So what is going on here is that um, Saul in the book of Samuel is a gentleman that was anointed to be king because, um, shout out to Casey Ann, the Israelites um, and God's people, they wanted a king so bad. You know, they had to have a king set in place. Right. They had to have a king set in place. So Saul came along and he became that king for them. Right. God chose him and made them. God gave the people what they wanted. They gave him a king in Saul. However, um, God gave a directive, a specific directive. He spoke it through the prophet and he gave it to him. So he gave Saul a direction through Samuel. He gave him to the prophet. However, um, something went left within this whole direction that God gave the king. So I'm going to go ahead and read it so you can um, see what happened. All right. First Samuel 15. Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to the Israel, how he had laid wait for him in the way. Now he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has and spare him not. Both, but slay both man, woman, infant, suckling, 
ox, sheep, camel, and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim. 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, Kenites, go, get you down, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until the, until, um, the coming of Shur, until they, they came unto Shur. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the oxen and the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. Now y'all remember what the Lord said and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused that they utterly destroyed. Then came the word of the Lord to Samuel saying, I repent me that I have set Saul up to be king for he is turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told of Samuel saying, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set him up a place and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto him, blessed be thou the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, what means this bleeding of sheep that's in my ears and the lowing of the oxen that I hear? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, stay and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, stay on. And Samuel said, when you were little in your own sight, was you not made head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And the Lord sent you on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners and the Amalekites and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yes, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. 
But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord your God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as in iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I have feared the people and I obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord have rejected you for being king over Israel. And Samuel turned about to go away. And when Samuel turned about, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent, so it teared. And Samuel said unto him, the Lord has rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and has given it into a neighbor of thine that is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent for he is not a man that he should lie or repent. That he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned yet honor me now. I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel and turn again with me that I may go worship the Lord your God. So Samuel turned again after Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, bring ye hither me to Agag. Bring Agag here to me. The king of the Amalekites and Agag came unto him delicately and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilead. Then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul and the Lord repented that he had made Saul the king of Israel. Now, that's a sad, sad story, honestly, to me, because I pray in the name of Yeshua. I don't ever want. And so bless God for the reading of the word. Selah. However, I do not ever want the Lord to give me something and repent because I was disobedient to what the Lord said, right? And so this concept, this word of hearing the Lord, listening to God, right? So this word of listening to the God, listening to God and setting ourselves up to hear God is quite serious. It's quite serious, right? So 
um, Saul wasn't killed or anything, right? He was definitely, he had a rough life, right? So he wasn't killed or anything, but the kingdom was taken from him. Dominion was taken from him. So even honestly, in our own lives as believers, we and, and all, honestly, the people who are not believers, if we are not hearkening to the voice of the Lord, if we're not hearkening to God's voice in our lives, then we won't have dominion. We won't have authority. We won't have domain and the rulership that we're honestly supposed to have because we are supposed to have it. I've read in Genesis 1, um, I read Genesis 1 where God was creating the world, but God gave man dominion over everything. And I think it does say that in Gen um, Genesis 1 or Genesis 2, but he gave man rulership over everything. And so Saul being king, he couldn't have rulership without God's voice. Yes, Genesis 1, 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl over the air and over the cattle and over every um, living and creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So we are supposed to have dominion over the earth, over everything that is on the earth, right? So this is our domain. This is where we are supposed to rule, that God gave us to rule. Um, and Samuel being king, he was given, you know, leadership to rule in Israel, but he blew it. He didn't do what the Lord said. He said he let the people do what they want to do and he obeyed them. He didn't obey the Lord. So I'm going to get straight into it. I think um, it's so imperative that we listen to God, that we don't listen to people. We don't listen to anybody else's voice, but the leading of God's voice. Um, and so I'm going to make this quick. And so how all this came about is um, I follow Prophetess Tiffany, right? Um, she has a ministry and, you know, I follow that ministry and, um, you know, do different things. It's a fasting and prayer. It's a prayer and fasting ministry. And so <clears throat> a lot of times what she will uh, allude to in reference to um, most recently has been uh, in the book of Elijah in first Kings 18, 14, where um, he's saying, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Um, and so when she said that this time, she said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Um, she she was referencing hearing for your season, right? Being, she actually wasn't referencing it, but she was referencing hearing it, right? And so what hit me was like all that God has in store for you, all that God is doing in our lives, the ability to hear that and to catch that is so imperative. Like, so I can see what's going on. Like when we have a prayer life, we can hear and see what's going on, what God is doing, what direction God wants us to take. And we can, it's like, you can almost feel it. You like, it's just a knowing, it's a knowing. And so the thing about it is when she said, I hear the sound of the abundance of the rain, it was like, what are you hearing that God is doing for you in this season? What are you hearing that you are experiencing this in this season and what God wants you to do, right? What is it that God wants you to do? What is it that is going to be produced from you being obedient to God? That's kind of where I gathered it. And it was quite powerful to me um, in that. And so first Kings 18, 41, it reads, and Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink. There is a sound of an abundance of rain. And so the thing is, 
when we hear the sound of God's voice, we need to heed and listen to the sound of God's voice. Because remember, in Genesis 1-3, it's God that created the world, right? God created this whole thing with his voice. In Genesis 1-3, it says, and God said, it's such a short scripture. It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. There was light because God said it. And I've heard people say this before. I didn't quite understand it um, fully when they were saying it. But what they said, it says the kingdom is voice activated. The kingdom is voice act activated. So God created by his voice. He created. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God created. He said, let there be this. And there was this. And there was that. And there was everything that God created. He spoke it into existence. And so God created and framed uh, the world by his voice, by speaking it into existence. Is a voice activated. So our voice is powerful. Um, our voice can also mean our authority. But in this, we'll just go with his voice, right? So we see that Samuel did not, um, Saul, sorry, did not lift his voice when those people were saving that stuff that they thought were the best and not doing what God told them to do. But anyways, didn't take authority in that, right? So the kingdom is voice activated. It's powerful. And God said, let there be. And so when God says, let there be, there is. When God says, let there be, there is. There is no doubt about it. There is nothing missing nothing lacking okay there god said it it is um and so he here he said i hear the sound <clears throat> elijah said i hear the sound of the abundance and and of rain i hear the sound of an abundance of rain and so it's a sound that you can hear whatever god is doing you can perceive it you can catch on to it. When we have that relationship with God and we put ourselves in position to hear, it's a sound that's heard. It is a sound that's heard. By the Holy Spirit, we can hear. By the Holy Spirit, we have insight into God's will on earth and especially what God is leading and calling us to do as his children, as his servants, right? And so we have the ability to hear that through the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to hear what God wants to do to know what God wants to do. And it's a, it's a hearing, right? It's a hearing. And so um, I came across a scripture. It was saying that uh, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's what the word says. And it says in Romans 10, 10, it says, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. How can we confess unless we hear? Like, how can they go unless they're sent? They don't have, unless they hear, you can't go. You got to hear it to be able to go, right? You have to hear. You have to hear. And so the thing about it is that God has prophets in the earth. And the prophets, they speak what they hear. The prophets speak what they hear. This is actual a scripture as well, that the prophets speak what they hear and as they're led by God, they speak. Um, they speak what they sense. And um, sensing is another way of hearing. You have this just knowing, this sensing, right, in the spirit. 
And there is a scripture. It says, when you hear my voice, when you hear the sound, harden not your heart. Harden not your heart. Excuse me, I'm going to drink some water. Okay, and so it says, when you hear the sound, harden not your heart. <clears throat> and so Hebrews 3.15, it says, while it is, it, while it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the rebellion. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scorner does not hear rebuke. A scorner doesn't hear rebuke. And the thing about it, if we're refusing to heed the instruction of God, if we're refusing to listen or if we don't listen all the way, Right. Some disobedience, just a little bit. If we did the thing halfway, like Saul did, we didn't do it all the way. That's still disobedience. And so if we're refusing to heed the instruction, then we're in disobedience. And disobedience is as rebellion and rebellion is as witchcraft. We just read that in First Samuel 15. It says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Hebrews says today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart and be rebellious as in the rebellion. Right. And so it's rebellion is like witchcraft. If we hear God tell us to do something and we don't do it, it's just like we're practicing witchcraft. First Samuel 15, 23 is where it is. It says for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Being stubborn is iniquity and idolatry. You are making something else an idol besides God. Besides what God said, you listening to something else. Like Saul was listening to the people. He was listening to something else. So stubbornness, you being stubborn and not doing what God told us to do, or if anybody is in that position of not doing what God told us to do, is idolatry. It is idolatry. Um, and Eve, right? Eve was in idolatry. If the God, if God said, don't eat it, but you don't listen and you still ate it and you being stubborn, that's idolatry. That is idolatry. Anyways, I won't get into that. But um, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, right? He totally rejected it. He has rejected you from being king. It was regarding Saul. He took, God took the throne from Saul because of his disobedience. And he was a king at that time. And so there's a scripture in the Bible also. It says that the heart of a, uh, the heart of a king is in the Lord's hand. Excuse me. It says the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands. And so. It's Proverbs 21.1. It says, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord as the rivers of the water. He turn it whithersoever he will. So wherever God wants to turn the king's heart is in the Lord's hands, right? And so at this point in Saul's situation, Saul was showing God like, my heart isn't in your hands. Um, I'm not listening to you. My heart isn't in your hands. My heart is elsewhere. 
Um, it's about what the people want. It's not about what what you want, God. Like it's about what I want. It's about what the people want. Um, it's not about you. So Saul's heart was everywhere else but in God's hands. It was out of place. It wasn't in God's hands, right? And so it's best for our hearts to be in God's hands so we can have the dominion and have the rulership and we can get the insight that we need for leadership and being disciples, right? Because if we're disciples, we hear, we listen to the, the voice of the Lord. And so if we are doing what we want to do, disregarding God's will, we're in rebellion. It is called rebellion. You are in rebellion if you are disregarding the will of God, if you're disregarding the commandments of God, if you're disregarding the functioning and the leading of God, how God is pulling on your heart and tugging on your heart of the Holy Spirit is getting you to do something. And the thing about it is if we grieve the Holy Spirit, that is serious offense. That is serious offense. So the Holy Spirit is leading us to something and we're grieving the Holy Spirit. It's just not good. It's like really honestly blaspheming the Holy Spirit is an unforgivable sin. So we're we're treading a very dangerous line if we are doing anything like that, right? And I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And I'll get more into that. But um, going back into this, um, it's a dangerous place to be in. Like, it's literally a setup for death. It's a set, like, it's a setup for death. It's a setup for literal death. Okay. All right. Anyways, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It just says stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And idolatry and iniquity falls into sin. That's that's like anything that's going against God's will outside of God's will is sin. I heard somebody say sin is missing the mark. If you're not on the mark, you're missing it. And how can you hit the mark unless you're setting yourself up to hear God's voice for you to hit the mark? But anyways, it says in Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? And I say Yeshua HaMashiach, right? So we have eternal life in Yeshua HaMashiach. So the, the, the crazy thing is, and I've learned this by experience. I've learned this by experience. We put ourselves in terrible, hopefully we don't do this anymore. But the thing is, we put our own selves in terrible positions because we often don't put ourselves in the position to hear God. We don't take that time out and put ourselves in the position to hear God intentionally and often as we should as believers. And so... This has been me. If this is you, I'm just saying it's I'm just saying and I'm just relating how valuably important it is. If you hear the voice of God, move on the voice of God. It could mean life or death. It could very well mean life or death. 
Um, and so I heard um, also Shamar the other day. And Shamar, when I looked it up, it states that it means um, to stand watch, to stand guard, to be watchful as a guard or to protect, right? Um, and that was what um, Shamar is. Um, and when I consider Shamar, I consider uh, Habakkuk, right? Because Habakkuk says, I'm going to stand on my watch and I'm, I'm going to see what the Lord is going to say to me. I'm going to see what God is going to say to me. I'm going to stand on my watch. And so I heard that Shamar, Shamar, it's important to Shamar. And um, another one is Mordecai, right? And so if you read in, in uh, Esther and you consider Mordecai, who was Esther uncle, Esther's uncle, I remember reading one time how Mordecai, he stood at the gate, like he stood on his watch night and day, um, you know, wondering what was going to be or what was becoming of everything. And the thing about it is because Mordecai stood on his watch and he made it to his post, faithfully committed with consistency, he was there diligently, diligently, right? Um, and so because Mordecai was there, he overheard a plot, right, to kill the king. So when we're in position, when we put ourselves in that position diligently, we are going to hear something, right? We're going to hear from the Lord. But Mordecai, because he was in position, because he set himself up and put himself in position, he was on that post as a watchman and he was able to get some work done. All praises for Mordecai, right? Praise the Lord for Mordecai because him being in position, he got some things done, right? He got stuff done. He saved a nation. He saved a generation through with Esther, you know? Um, and so Mordecai is also the hero in the book of Esther. So um, praise God for that. Um, and just thinking of that diligence, diligence, um, and just hearkening to the Lord. Um, and there is also um, something that the Lord is saying about diligence. Um, it says in Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And for he who comes must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if we are diligently seeking the Lord and setting ourselves up in a position to hear from God, then we will be rewarded. We will be rewarded. Um, Mordecai made a great impact and he was rewarded in that scripture. But we're going to be rewarded by God. And so that's a the revelation that we get, honestly, um, as believers. And as people that seeking God, when we seeking God, um, that revelation, I think, is just so powerful because the relationship, right, with God. And like for me, getting revelation from God is like approval from God. Getting revelation from God is God is with me. And there is nothing that matters more in the world than the, the God, the almighty, the most high that made me to be with me, right? And so it's, it, it's very serious. 
it's very serious. And I know some people may feel like, well, you know, God is always with you. There is a difference between knowing God, knowing of God, and knowing God and having a relationship with God. And so often I think it is missed the value of having a relationship with God, a, a, a true intentional relationship with God, because this is about setting ourselves up in a position to hear God. And I'm going to get into my testimony and where all this comes from. I'm not just preaching or teaching or speaking down like, no, this is what the most I has been revealing to me about the power and just the life change in it. There is so much power. There is so much power. So um, you have Habakkuk, you have Mordecai standing on their guard, Shamar watching and protect. And then so they're hearing and they're being obedient. There's another thing. It's called Shema. So Shema is different from Shamar. However, Shema means hear and listen. And so in the Bible, in the scripture, in the scripture, it says, hear, O Israel. For the Lord our God is one. For the Lord our God is one. And the word says, when you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Hear and listen to me. Intention when we listen, we're doing it intentionally. So listening is an intentional thing. We might hear something, but to actually take the time to listen, it requires focus and intention, right? It requires us setting ourselves up to listen. So it's so important to just take that time. What I would do, so I grew up in the church, but the thing is, I didn't always obey the Lord, right? And I think I'm grateful, well, I'm grateful for that relationship, right? I'm grateful for the knowledge that was gained in the church. But if we're going to church every day, and a lot of times we think that if we're just going to church and we're trying to do the right thing, that we're in obedience to God and that that matters to God, no, because a lot of times we're still in sin and don't even know it, but we go to church every Sunday. And so we think it's all good. No, that's not the case. We can't look at the people that may be out in the world or someone that may be out in the world and say, well, you know, they're in sin because you don't know that person's heart. We can be in the church every single day, which is good, but obeying God matters in praying to God matters. Like I saw a post the other day. It was like, the devil doesn't care how much you shout. The devil doesn't care like how much you, you know, do this and that or whatever the things, but he cares about you not getting into prayer. You not making that time for prayer. Um, and so I thought that was really quite interesting. And so it says here, O Israel, Shema, hear and listen to the Lord. And so the heart of the world, wise this scripture is there it says the heart of the wise teaches his lips the heart of the wise teaches his lips and so it's the holy spirit that gives wisdom the holy spirit is actually what gives us wisdom or what brings us wisdom um and it um was saying also even the dead right if we're familiar with god's voice but god's voice but we're dead in yeshua it says the dead will hear the voice of Yeshua and live. In John 5, 25, it says they that hear shall live. Um, in John 5, 25, and I'm going to read that too.
All right. So if you go into John 5.25, it says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now, this could be if you may be dead now, if you may be like walking dead or walking without God's voice, walking without God's leadership in our lives right now, just being like just spiritually dead, like you're just living. You don't have a purpose for life or anything right like that. Once we hear that changes our whole lives, I think, I believe. And so also it's talking about the actual dead that had a relationship with Yeshua on this life, right? In this life. And so it says the dead in Yeshua, Hamashiach, they will rise. The dead in Yeshua will rise, right? And so I think that is so much very important. And I'm almost done. If y'all stuck it out with me with this, thank you very much. But I just wanted to really emphasize the importance of all that. And I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get into this even more further. Um, because I've been into also Psalm 37. And so I'll read Psalm 37 now because that, that st stood out to me as well. It's very powerful. All right, Psalm 37. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So thou shalt dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness, righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of, of the man who brings forth wicked. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who brings forth wicked devices to pass, who brings wicked devices to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek will inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just, and gnashes his teeth, gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent thy bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken but the Lord uphold the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. 
They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs, and they shall consume into smoke. Shall they consume away? The wicked they consume away. The wicked borrows and pays not again. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, spreading himself like a green bay tree. And he passes away and lo, he is not. He was not. Yeah, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. Trusting in the Lord is part of intentionally seeking and putting ourselves in a position intentionally to hear God's voice, to listen to God's voice, to listen for God's voice, voice to shamar, to stand on watch, to shema, to hear and listen. And so when it was saying, wait on the Lord and he shall inherit the land. No, I'm sorry. So 37, Psalm 37, 37. It says, mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. So when we have, when we set ourselves up in position to hear from the from God, our life is peace. Our way is peace. Our end is peace. It's full of peace. So that is part of the abundance that we have in Yeshua, that abundance abundance, that peace in all things, the fruitfulness, everything, 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 everything. Um, and so I was reading Psalms 37. 
Um, and so as I was going into um, Psalm 37, it was just talking about um, evildoers being cut off. And, you know, they that wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. So waiting on the Lord is positioning positioning ourselves to hear from God. That is the waiting. That is the serving. Right. So if you consider like a servant in a restaurant um, and taking they you know how they take our orders. Right. If they don't hear the order that we want, they're going to come back with something wrong, that something's going to be off. Right. It's Saul didn't listen to God and he gave God the wrong order. Like God is like, that's not what I ordered. Let's take it back to the kitchen. <laughs> right. But he he got the he got the kingdom. He got his kingship taken away from him. Right. So as God's servants, as God's children, you know, being obedient, listening, putting ourselves in a position to listen is so important. And I'm not just saying this. This is where I have been in my journey, honestly. And so I praise God for that. And so I just wanted to share it. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, you know? And so the thing about it is when I personally come out of abusing grace and being and repenting and intentionally taking that time and making that time to put myself in a position to hear God, fruitfulness, fruitfulness, abundance, peace, all the things, all the fruits that are mentioned. So, and I just love Psalm 37. It says, because the wicked are cut off, the righteous inherit the earth. And the thing about it is the reason why I say um, this is kind of the journey and the experience that, that I'm on is because as recently as last Sunday, you know, I had, you know, the Lord just really letting me know that it's how important it is to have the fear of the Lord. That a lot of times some stuff that we do and we do it on our own and we just don't care and we sin anyway, right? When, even when we know better, right? It's just that compulsive sin is because we don't actually, a lot of people don't fear the Lord. And that was what the Most High honestly was saying of me in that moment, it was saying, there is no fear of God. When we have the fear of God, we are going to do what God says. And it's not necessarily, I want to say it's not a, I'm scared of you fear. It's not an unhealthy fear to fear God, right? It's not the spirit of fear that we that God has not given us, but it's a holy reverence. Like, so I didn't grow up with parents, right? I didn't grow up with a mother and father, right? I grew up with, you know, my aunties and grandmas and stuff like that. But um I didn't grow up with the structure of really fearing my mom and dad. Right. But the thing about it is I have respect for authority, but fearing God and honoring God and reverencing God is you're not going to do what you big and bad enough to think you can do 
because you know that God had God has a say, right? God has a say so in your life. And you just don't want to make any moves without the father. And even those moves that we make, that's crazy, right? It comes from not fearing God, just to be honest. It comes from not fearing God. And so <clears throat> like even getting into sin, even get into doing what we want, right? Pleasuring our own selves, pleasing our own selves. That's still idolatry. And that's not from God. That's not of God. It, it, idolatry is one of the commandments. And I'm going to read the commandments um, before I finish today, the commandments. Um, but don't have any other gods before me. Idolatry is that, right? Idolatry is that. And so doing our own thing, it's because we don't have the fear of the Lord. Um, and so it's, it's really that fear honor, respect, and reverence for God. It is the first defense against sin. Fearing and respecting God will cause us not to sin. I know the Lord said to me, you don't fear me. I've been in church forever. I've been doing Breath of Life daily forever. A lot of times I will sin because I just thought it would be okay. It's, it's abusing grace. But it is sin. And I'm not going to get into what I was doing. However, the sin is because you don't care. I, I mean, I'm saying this because I know it's, it's a lack of fear. It's a lack of I am God. Like, don't play with me. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I can't explain it. But honestly, the fear of God is the first level of, is the first defense against sin. And the fear of God is the most important commandment. It's the most important commandment, right? And so we're called and we're commanded to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? And it says, this is the greatest commandment. But I'm gonna read Deuteronomy um, 6 and 5. So in Deuteronomy 6 and 5, it says that before it even says that in the New Testament. All right. So in Deuteronomy 6 and 5, and I'm going to try to cut this short because I see some neighbors that got some music going on. But um, Deuteronomy 6 and 5, it reads, and these are part of the, the laws, right? These are part of the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is intentionally, we're putting that in, like we're putting in all our heart. We're putting in all our soul. We're putting in all our strength. It, it takes effort to do something, right? It, it takes effort for me to love the Lord, honor the Lord, fear the Lord, serve the Lord. This is an intentional effort that I'm making. Um, and so that is most important, right? And the thing about it is when we go to the two greatest commandments, right? When we get into that, the two greatest commandments is a part of what I just read from Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And it's in Matthew 22, looks like. In Matthew 22. And it's saying, 
excuse me, Matthew 22, um, 34 and so on, is saying that Yeshua said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, reiterating Deuteronomy 6 and 5. This is the first and greatest commandment. So that is a commandment back there in, in Deuteronomy, right? Love the Lord with all you got, with all of you, with your whole being. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets, right? So we're getting into the law and the prophets for this Sabbath day all praises. We're getting into the law and the prophets. But the thing about it is, these are these two commandments that if we keep these two commandments of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, then all the other 10 commandments, they're going to fall in line with it. They're going to fall in line with those two. We're going to be able to keep them because we kept these two. On these two commandments saying all the law and the prophets, even beyond the 10 Everything is riding on that. Everything is riding on that. So I won't even go into the 10, um, you know, but everything is riding on that. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So we can't do that. That second one without the first one. Right. We keep all the commandments. And so when we keep all the commandments, um, we're not in sin. We're not in sin when we keep all the commandments, right? And so it is so important to do that, to intentionally set ourselves up to hear God because that is showing love to God with everything that we are. So even going further into it, we're called to love God with everything that we are. And that would come with honoring, respecting, and fearing God, having that fear of God that we're not going to sin. We're not going to sin. We're going to intentionally set ourselves up to hear from God. And so I hope that this blessed you today.